0: Danny Meringue. And then I went to this movie theater. And then I made a noise like this.
1: Dusty Hera.
0: Then this was horrible. All the people started getting sick and throwing up all over each other.
1: I'm beginning to like this kid, <laughs> much.
2: This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader,
0: 1080. Are you The fans.
2: Hour number 2 on Danny and Dusty. It's a Danny and Rusty special edition. Dusty is uh, Molly's in rehab. So, there you go. You're, you're really going to do your man like that, huh? <laughs> uh, endlessly. <laughs> Anything I can do to propagate the rumor, I will lean into wholeheartedly.
1: Oh, goodness.
2: Wholeheartedly. Of course, I mean, it's, of course it's not a rumor. Uh, of course. It's it's uh Dusty has a coke habit. <laughs> and he's got to feed it. And, uh, well, he uh, he gambled very well this season, uh, and I would imagine he spent that money on drugs. <laughs> I'm just drawing the lines here. That's, that's what I'm doing. Speaking of drawing lines, the Blazers are drawing lines in the loss column. Yes, uh, they are. Dropping a game over the weekend, 123-105 to to the Toronto Raptors. Uh, both teams came into the game shorthanded. O.G. Ananobi, who played the night before, it had a nasty fall. Uh, <clears throat> and a name who's been linked to the Blazers uh, for about a year now, did not play. Uh, he landed on his left wrist, and it thankfully did not break. But when we talked to Nick Nurse that night uh, they said they had had the MRIs and they just hadn't got the results back. I have not seen anything publicly disclosed, so I would imagine they have the MRI results back because I can get mine back in a day. Right. So I would imagine NBA players can probably do the same, right? Even on the road, yeah. Uh, but the Blazers had their own injuries to deal with: Josh Hart out with a hamstring, Yusuf Nurkic out with a left calf strain. Uh, so the Blazers' two best rebounders and two of the most physical players were not able to play against a team loaded with six eight physical players. Precious Achua got the start for the uh, missing OG Ananobi. And and for those that don't know about Precious, yes, his name is Precious. His game is not. (laughs) (laughs) So I had Precious at uh, Hoop Summit in 2018. Mm -hmm. I believe, 2018. I think he was in the same Hoop Summit as Vanderbilt and Gary Trent Jr. To give you an idea of that Hoop Summit,
0: Mm -hmm. it
2: had dudes. Yeah. Precious was then a prospect going to Memphis as a 6 foot 8 better built kind of uh Kobe Bryant high school project in the sense of Ooh. he was a slasher who could not shoot okay um he discovered the weight room <laughs> and got super big um uh, like his shoulders got shoulders his arms got arms like and he wasn't scrawny Mm-hmm. but he was a six foot eight kid. He was putting the ball on the floor at hoop summit and he couldn't shoot, but you could see the tools that were there. And you're like, ah, let's see. This'll be interesting. See what happens in Memphis. Then he got put in that development lab up in Seattle, Ce- up in Seattle, up in Toronto. And, uh, he put it together. Uh, the Raptors put it together on the blazers. Uh, the blazers again, we, I mentioned it earlier, are sixth worst, not sixth best, sixth worst, uh, in net rating in the NBA in the first quarter. In other words, they get the crap kicked out of him in the first quarter. Uh, it's not good uh they lose 37-14 in the first quarter the raptors scored 24 points in the paint in the quarter in the quarter yeah that's not great in the quarter the blazers scored 14 total Yeesh. okay uh the raptors hit 16 shots the blazers hit 6 the raptors hit four threes. the blazers hit 0 the raptors had 14 rebounds the blazers had 6 are you picking
1: up what I'm putting down? It's almost like all that leads to a thirty-seven to fourteen butt whooping in the first quarter.
2: Yes. And then the Blazers basically handled it the next two quarters. They go 30 26 in the second. And here's the thing. I've seen a lot of people say that they, they came out unprepared or they didn't try hard. I don't think the try hard, I don't think the effort was the issue. I think the physicality and the tone setting was the issue. And those are those are different things. Like I didn't think that like the looks they were getting, they missed six of their first eight looks at the rim. Or Yeah, six of their first eight, and I think seven of their first (sighs) ten. If you're getting to the rim and you're just smoking shots, which the Raptors, they're long and they're physical. They don't have shot blockers. Uh They They don't have, like, that's not a thing for them. Jeremy and Dame went two of 12 in the quarter. Ouch. And they got looks that you want them to get every single time. Jeremy Grant, he's one of the best non-big finishers in the entire NBA. He's number two in the NBA in transition finishing. He is he has become fantastic as a guy who loves that two-handed step-through dunk, but he just couldn't get anything to fall. Dan couldn't get anything to fall. They couldn't get anything to fall. It was less about them being bad defensively and more about Toronto just dictating what they were going to get and Portland not dictating back. Yeah. It, it,
1: Starting slow has been an issue with this team. That's fair to say, yes?
2: Yes. And yeah. and the thing is, I've talked to a lot of players about it. And here's the thing. I know everybody wants to immediately go coaching, 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 coaching. I do. Yeah. 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 And the thing is, they've also the same thing. They are getting us prepared. Well, they I mean, are doing what they... like. And, yeah. and what, they, and what are they, they supposed, supposed to say? But no, I'm talking even like the off-the-record stuff. Uh-huh. Like, they are adamant that it's, it's on them. Uh-huh. But... I think a lot of that has to do with you. you the only guys that you have who are, have been around this foundation for any period of time mm-hmm. are Damon Nurk. Yeah, was Nurk playing? No. Has he been up and down this year? Was his with his attitude?
1: This year? I'm, listen, I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs>
2: Always. Yes. And I don't. And I. And here's the. I. Outside of Damian Lillard, I think they're missing a tone setter, and I think they hope Josh Hart could be that. Yeah. But I think Josh Hart has been in his own head so much for the past six weeks now that well, they they've lost that. Well, and how much of being in his own head is 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 part of you being miscast in a different role? Well, that and
1: also just he's the, when in terms of trade speculation, he's always the first name that pops up. Yep.
2: And I, I would imagine that that is weighing on him. You know, when I have talked to guys about this off the record before. Yes. Yeah. It, for every guy who says it doesn't bother them, yes, the idea of having to move midseason, wife, kids, house, dog—you just got here—all those things, it yes, it bothers guys. It unequivocally does. Imagine you and your job, Jeff. For the next ten days, I'm gonna—you might be shipped to Sacramento, Memphis, um, Miami, She's not Sacramento, Oklahoma City, Houston. Yeah. I mean, that's got to weigh on you. And you don't have any choice in this matter.
1: And let's see. This is his, what, I'd say this is his seventh season and his third team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
2: he's been in trade rumors basically his entire career. Yeah. And it's not because he's bad, it's because he's a guy that everybody likes. Yeah.
1: Well, and he's on an, an expiring contract? Yeah, guess. He's on, well, or well, no, technically technically he, has a, he has a player, player option. It is
2: non guaranteed, it is a very wonky deal. His agent, I. Uh, well, but, and he's going to. Basically,
1: decline that player opt option because yes. he can get paid
2: more. Yeah, he, on the open market, and whoever he gets traded to, and that's I'm, I'm saying that almost as a foregone conclusion because it's right. a foregone conclusion at this mm-hmm. point that he's going to get moved. Um, we'll have the option to pay him over because he'll opt out. They'll have bird rights, and I imagine he gets paid probably about eighteen million dollars a year. I mean, that that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, but I say all of this to say the Trailblazers didn't let go of the rope after getting the crap kicked out in the first half or the first quarter. Mm -hmm. And they were able to close this game up to a three-point game. Guys competed. Anthony Simons got going. Damian Lillard got going. Jeremy Grant had a monster third quarter. The Blazers outscore uh, the Raptors 39-25. So they're almost able to replicate Mm -hmm. what the Raptors did in quarter one to get this thing righted. The problem was, without Nurkic, without Hart, you look at the guys that, I mean, Grant played all 12 minutes of the third quarter. Had 15, 4 and two shot five of five four of four from the line a, a fantastic quarter from Jeremy yeah but when you look at it when it's all said and done because of of how shorthanded they were Jeremy <laughs> plays forty one minutes Ant plays forty one minutes Dane plays thirty seven minutes yeah and the only reason Dane played thirty seven minutes is that Dane picked up foul trouble Dane never picks up foul trouble no he does not but he had to sit for four or five minutes to make sure he didn't pick up that fifth in the third quarter it was yeah. like. Because if that happened, you don't even get close. Um, but we talked to Damian Lillard after the game, and the things that he he drove home were the starts. And he talked about how, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what we need to do. It's not like we're going out there and not f- focusing or not competing. Mm-hmm. We're just not doing it enough. In this, and not, not necessarily in the sense of the... I think they're hitting the requisite mark for give a damn. Uh-huh. But they're not going above that to dictating. Right. And that has been the thing that, that has that has bit them. Is that and, and Dame alluded to this as, as far as being at home court is that you get comfortable sometimes in your own bed, you think things are gonna flow for you simply and easy because you got the crowd behind you and those opportunities. And he goes, To an extent, that's true. But if you're going to beat teams who are coming in here looking to get a game, because that's what you when teams come through on the road, whether they're playing The Celtics, or they're playing the the Rockets. Road games are always harder. And if you don't come correct because of the ensuing bonus of home court advantage, you'll get popped. And what the Raptors did is they came correct. And Portland has not done that to the extent of not only matching that level, but exceeding it. See, at some point, though, when
1: it comes to these slow starts and not being able to put a finger on what it is they're not doing and they're coming, they're, they're, you know, in their heads ready to go at some point, it has to come down on coaching and the coach has to figure out a way to light that fire under their ass and correct what is going wrong. And when you, when, when you keep seeing the same thing over and over and over again, at some point it's not just the Jim's and Joe's it's the person dictating the X's and O's.
2: Sure. I, I guess if you if you want to go down that road, I don't necessarily disagree because ultimately who plays and when could be a factor of this. That actually could be the, the, an issue that's at hand is that maybe they do make, make a change. And with the trade deadline coming, perhaps that is part of this and the, perhaps part of who they bring in uh if they if they move hard, if they move nurkic does that change things and cuz also you know you remember we were all
1: we all we had a great honeymoon at the start of the season starting out 10 and uh, 10 and 4 and since then they've gone what's the math here 13 and 22 since then mm-hmm. that's not good bob
2: no and i think you can, I, I think you can probably take that to basically be like 13 and 14 13 and 13 just drop the the dame games that he missed I, Games that you win or lose yeah. without Dame, either way, I look at it and go, eh, okay. You know they are what they are, right? Uh, and, I'm, and I'm done I'm trying to say that. I, I think this is very much a 500 team. Is basically what I'm saying. They're 23 and 26 now. Um, Dame, Hart, Nurk, Jeremy. It looks I think like I, what
1: Dame's missed about a dozen games. Yeah,
2: he's missed 12 games. Yeah, um, and I, I've talked to all the starters about, and, hell, and Nas uh, about games that they've dropped. And to a man, they will all tell you that they should have had probably five or six more wins, which I think only fuels the fire, the frustration. Because again, I, I've said this before. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm a bit of a broken record. If you flip four games, mm-hmm. you flip four games. They're what twenty seven and
1: twenty two. Well, it looks like they went just uh, at a quick glance here. It looks like they went. F- they've gone five and seven with in games without Dame. So flip, so flip four of those games. So you go to what seven and five instead, or yeah. And, and or, okay. Sorry, my math is, my no, it's, is not it's okay. working correctly, but yeah.
2: Let, let's let's just say you just give me two of those games and give me one of the OKC games and the the Denver game. Right. Give me those. Gotcha. Okay. My my point is is ultimately this is as as frustrating and maddening as as irritating as this team has been. They're not a, a, a bad team, like everybody keeps talking about. They're bad. They need to be in the lot. They are not Houston bad. They are not Spurs bad. They are anywhere from fifth through twelfth
1: on any given day. Yeah, well, and that's you know, it, it, I think it says less about them than than the rest of the middle of the Western Conference is that
2: everybody is on this level. Yeah, the Pelicans are just sliding. I think they're a game and a half ahead of Portland right now. Uh, The Pelicans? Yes. uh, Let's take a look, see here. It it has just been complete and utter disaster. Two games. So two games. Yes. The Pelicans a month ago were thought of as a dark horse Western Conference Finals. Yeah, two or three seed, not too long ago. That's how insane the West is right now. And for all of the, they're bad, they're not good. Let's see where the hell they end up.
1: Yeah, basically, from the three to the thirteen
2: seed is separated by five games. <laughs> that's dumb, man. And what five? Five to thirteen is two and a half. Two. Uh, yeah, yeah,
1: five three, three games. That's insane. The T Wolves are the five seed. They are eight games back, and the Lakers are the thirteen seed at eleven games back.
2: Yeah, no, that's insane. And I think pointing out those first quarters might be the thing that... that If they were able to fix anything. If they were able to fix anything. (coughs) Because, here's the thing. Here are the worst teams in the NBA. From worst to where Portland's at. Pacers are dead last. Spurs are second to last. Then the Hornets, Pistons, Rockets. Those are awful teams. Yes. Then it's the Lakers... Thunder, Hawks, Magic. Not good teams. No. But if you get outside of that, it's all of the better teams. But if you look at Portland in the second quarter, and here's, this is the funny thing, is that uh, Portland's 20th in the second quarter. Somehow, some way. I'm sorry. No, it, it, it's sort of alph- alphabetically. Excuse me. I would say they're fifth in the second quarter. So as bad as they are in the first, there's good in the in the second. Yeah, I But mean, if you're talking about games that they've lost by, like, a possession or two, or because they run out of gas, what if they just came out better and they had okay second quarters? Does that sequence of events end up changing things in the fourth quarter?
1: Well, I mean, you know, you, you, you add some to one quarter and shave off some from the other, and you're still kind
2: of in the same spot. But... Does the tone change matter enough? Does this, like I'm saying, does a sequence of events? If you get a little bit of a lead, and this is the thing, Portland has eleven losses this season. NBA leaders in games lost when leading by ten or more points. Does maybe getting things under control earlier prevent those opportunities?
1: What? Well, well, okay, getting things control. <laughs> Yeah I mean yeah you're fighting back to to take some leads there but I mean it, the fact that you're digging yourself such big holes
2: so and how much you have to work to get right. back
1: and so then they go and they blow it again later on that's like mm-hmm. that's you're you're you know you're you're kind of you're you're hurting yourselves on a couple different counts there you know and if we go back and look just since looking at the schedule since they started 10 and 4 mm-hmm. Let's look at the, the quality of some of their wins. Oh, no, the wins suck. They, have, uh, they haven't beat good teams back-to-back in New York. Like a month. You got the Knicks, and then you had back-to-back wins against the pace, uh, the Jazz and Pacers. Jazz, okay. Uh, and then uh, Minnesota, Minnesota, San Antonio, Houston, Charlotte, Detroit. Uh, back-to-back against Dallas, which middling, right? Yeah, they were missing. San Antonio and Utah. Yeah. You don't really have any, like, good wins in there. No, you don't. The the thing of it all is... So the thing about, not, in, in my mind, not really having any good wins combined with kind of an ass-ton of bad losses,
2: that's where we're at. Yeah, I, I think that there's... The, 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 the thing about this is, and again, most nights in the NBA, historically, five points is the difference. You to go back and you take a look at their losses. You go back and... Now, the plug was kind of pulled in the the Lakers game that got out of hand. Same thing with the 76ers and and Nuggets. Like, those three, I think those were were decided. Uh, The Cavs game, six points. Uh, The Magic, three points. The Raptors game in Toronto did not go their way. They turned the ball over 24 times. They fell apart in the last two minutes against the Pacers. That was a nine-point game. The loss of the Timberwolves is a 7-point I mean, are
1: we really calling a a close loss to the Magic not that bad? Oh, no, I mean, mean,
2: but we we know why they were that bad. They were 6 of 35 from 3. Yeah. They they had had their worst shooting performance of the season. And again, I do not want to make the excuses for this team. Because I don't think they're good. Mm -hmm. But I don't think they're bad. But that's exactly what we thought this team was going to be this season. I expected them to win 42 games. Right. Well, you know, and
1: we they can still hit that. Th- but not, can, that's but the not, thing not, is. But the, but the thing is, but not at the winning percentage that they've been playing at since they started off so hot. Sure. It, right? But that's what they and play at some point, too. you have to beat some, like, decent to good teams. But to, you don't.
2: To be one game above 500, you just need to beat one. I just... You just beat the... Ba- <sighs> To be 500, to be 500, yeah. you you go you, nearly 500 on the road, and you go above 500 at home. That is the historical recipe.
1: And right now, the Blazers are 13 and 11 at home and 10 and 15 on the road. Doesn't that sound like a team that's right there? Well, and the thing is, though, a lot of these losses they've had at
2: home lately are to teams that are not really good road teams. No, and you're right, and that's that's what I'm I'm very interested to see. If the Blazers make moves, when the Blazers make moves, how impactful is it? Because this was supposed to be. If they drop this game to Atlanta tonight, people it, are going to lose their minds. Yeah, absolutely,
1: and I think they should. And I think, and, and coming up to the trade deadline on 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 Thursday next week, look, they need a big swinge. They need to take a big old swinge. Big old swinge. Yes. Okay. Um, and because. The last thing, we've seen what this fan base and what this team can be when the fan base becomes apathetic. <laughs> and that's
2: the thing is, I don't... We, we talked about this on Friday with Dusty. The The fan base is still holding on to this team as if it's Olshay's team. Right. And I get it to an extent because you were held hostage for basically a decade. Yeah. And let's not let's well, not.
1: Well, and we still kind of are because Cronin is still trying to dig out of the hole that Olshay, Olshay dug him. And that's the thing is, I do believe he's going to try. Right, and like take big swings. And and also, when I say in that hole that Olshay dug him, I'm also including the coach that got that he hired just yeah. a couple of months before he got fired.
2: Which again, I.
1: I still, regardless of where I sit on Chauncey. We're not going to ever agree on this. No, no. I, and And that's fine, because I just... I, I agree never, with you on this point. I was never a Chauncey guy from the get-go, and it was for both basketball and non-basketball sure. reasons. So I might be, you know, it might be that I'm looking too hard for things to pin on him. Who knows? Well, I don't think you've but been, I don't you've been think unfair. He, but I don't think he's the
2: dude. And that's fine. I am um, I was never I was never pro or anti-Chauncey. I think my stance is still there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I knew that they had to move on from Terry because it, it was with what it was. Right. Uh, but to your point about Neil being the guy that made the pick and getting five years, that to me was always like, huh? Yeah. That that, that always made me raise my eyebrows. I, yeah. you, know, you can you can go back to my tweets at that point in time. I said back then because of, uh, of your uh, objections on the non-basketball stuff that flat out, I don't think this city would be thrilled about the hiring of either Billups or Kidd. Like, if you're trying to avoid... Oh, I do not
1: want Jason Kidd either. Yeah, but I, yeah.
2: my point back then, and, and still for the this same, day for same was reasons... This, was this city, like,
1: the reactions that came yeah. were very predictable. Or I guess I should say same non-basketball reasons.
2: Yes, but the reactions that At came Kidd from... Kidd has the, a
1: proven track record as a coach.
2: Sure. But as far as the, the other stuff, that was... It was very easy to see what the reaction was going to be. And there are people like you who uh, were frustrated and are frustrated because of that stuff, and then the basketball stuff amplifies it. And I know there's other people who are absolutely, totally against the hiring based solely on non-basketball reasons. Yeah. And I'm not going to re-litigate that stuff or anything in between. All I will say is that Chauncey Phillips has done, basketball-wise, what everybody wanted Terry to do, which was experiment, which was get young guys out there, which mm-hmm. was be more aggressive. Yeah. The things are; it just hasn't. And he's worked. not as stuck in his rotation as as Terry was. No, it, it, Chauncey might be one of the more flexible coaches in the NBA when it comes to that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can dive back more into this. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm being uh, me and went way over for breaks. Yes, we are way over, <laughs> way over. We're gonna have to come back and break again. Uh so yeah, do we? Do you just want to do a update desk now? No, we, let's run our break and we'll oh, come back right. and just do a
0: quick, quick way. We'll come back. And,
1: yeah. my right. stepchildren.
0: So uh, break. Selling a little. <laughs> Or a lot. To support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast.
1: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix,
0: This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan.
2: This is going to be the shortest segment in the history of radio, because uh, I blow through breaks like, uh, well, then I blow through yellow lights. Yeah, we were already supposed to break three minutes ago again. Yeah, no, that's that's how this goes. I don't know about you, but I am definitely a uh, yellow light means go faster kind of guy.
1: Yeah, that was the old, uh, oh, hell, what movie was that back in the day? Starman. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, red light, stop, green light, go, yellow light, go very fast. Yeah. That was uh, 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 Jeff Bridges. Yeah.
2: I love the fact that you can pull these directly from the 80s. Jeff
1: Bridges, I want to say Karen Allen as well. Also from uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark fame. Did you kill trivia trivia nights before the internet? Yes. I can imagine. I did. I, I spent many a night back in my bartending days after the shift, sitting there with the old NTN trivia
2: boxes. I was just to say, yeah. And, dominating everybody. And the bartending, yeah. You yeah. had to have just absolutely a blitz.
1: And I people. really pissed people off when I would beat the hell out of Matt the Trivia while also doing the daily crossword puzzle
2: in the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I have not become washed enough to go full, cross, full crossword puzzle yet. It's been a while since I've done that. Like I said, that was, you know,
1: that pre-kids. I had time to kill. You know what I mean? I see the in-laws doing it. And I'm like, nope. Not
2: yet. <laughs> not today, Satan. And it wasn't the New York Times crossword. It
1: was the Oregonian version.
2: So oh, okay. You know. See, that, they, they still have the New York Times one. Yeah. And then they have the books, the book of the old New York Times crossword puzzles, mm-hmm. like all of them oh you get to the sunday ones and it's they're oh, they're, they're, brutal. they're darn near impossible oh no I, I don't i don't know how that works yeah um but i do know how radio works and i know that we have to go to another break so here's uh jeff russ with the sports center update
0: celebrate and save at ashley's anniversary sale with hot buys your choice of colors starting at just 399 ashley sleep mattresses starting at 250 plus receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and foster temper pedic purple and beauty rest black Today's worst day on the web with Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 the fan. Man, that sucks.
2: Well, if anything's being torn apart from the inside out, it is New Yorkers' uh sense of pride and hope and I mean who am I kidding? New Yorkers don't have any of those things. But they did give a damn about the Empire State <laughs> Building uh turning green after the Philadelphia Eagles won the NFC. Championship game. Yeah, so clearly I'm not the only person that kind of went. What? Um, there are multiple conspiracies afoot. Uh, one is that, of course, uh, not a conspiracy that the NFL did a uh, planned social media event, an SME, with the Empire State Building for the AFC and NFC title winners. The other one, which is significantly more fun, is that the guy that runs the Empire State Building is secretly from Philadelphia and a Giants and a giant Eagle fan. Not a Giants fan, but a Eagles fan. I love this from both sides because it's so stupid and so petty. It is it's it is my lane. Stupid and petty? Ho, 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 Buddy makes my toes curl and I grab a hold of the table. Well, I mean, are we, I, look, the Moda Center is never going to get lit up in purple and gold. What the hell? No! And it turns, uh, was it red on game nights? Yeah. And green on non-game nights, I think is what it's supposed something to be. Something like that. I think it's green for concerts or something like that. Um uh, not nearly quite as iconic, probably, Moda's as as the Empire State Building. I mean, it's close. Certainly. <laughs> it's close. World renowned uh buildings, the Empire State Building and Moda Center. Nope. Nope. Can't do that. That doesn't work. That nope. that, that might piss off New Yorkers more. <laughs> comparing the both buildings. Um But New Yorkers were in a fit. And I mean an absolute fit. Uh Frank Isola, who's uh is he with the Post now? I know. It was he the was, news he forever, was. Right? yeah he's, he's worked for everybody in New yeah. York. Um, he's on Yes uh, Network now, uh, as well as ESPN and uh, SiriusXM. But he said, just spoke with King Kong, says he's disappointed with the Empire State Building's decision to go Eagles Green. Uh, okay. Yeah? Not, 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 I mean, not doing it for yeah, you? I don't... <sighs> Why, why do they have to why do they have to do it at all uh I think this was a an agreement a a sponsorship deal with the n f l okay that's what this that's what this actually looks like because you know what happened last night it turned red for the chiefs did it yeah okay we're we're not talking about it because it's not nearly as fun if we talk about it in the sense of normalcy no yeah
1: yeah i mean yeah it's well the chiefs aren't exactly like their rival either they're in New york no matter which team you're talking about the jets or the giants
2: no but it also um it's very funny i want to say the new york daily news ran a uh story yesterday uh, the headline was bird brains for being so doing something stupid right it was the eagles yeah you know what say what you want about the the, the tabloidy uh papers in new york
1: oh you got they're, your copy editors yeah oh, their headlines, headlines are so good yeah so that was, every single time. That was one thing I always uh, 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 took pride in when I was back in my T V days as a as a font coordinator and, and graphics guy was was H- my hitting sna- home
2: on the graphic was my snappy titles on the oh, full pages. Oh god. Yes. Uh, somebody got Patrick Beverly the night when he had that tip dunk mm-hmm. of the Celtics. Uh it was something along the line of uh, first time in a long time. It was Patrick Beverly's first dunk since 2019-20. Oh, wow. Yeah. Man. Yeah, I, I love that the, the, the guy doing the lower thirds hated Patrick Beverly as much as I do. <laughs> Troll him at every opportunity. Uh, But social media went absolutely insane. New Yorkers lost their mind. Uh, Dave Portnoy, who's of, of Barstool infamy. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I, I is, use fame it, loosely. It is infamy. Yeah. Um, but basically, he he called it like one of the lamest things ever, and it should be knocked down.
0: <laughs>
1: Guess what? Newsflash: Barstool taking something too far, huh?
2: Also, <laughs> maybe talking about buildings in New York being knocked down not the greatest of ideas, right? Yeah, just I don't know. Maybe don't touch that one. <laughs> uh, but I love I love that we had a chance for a full on conspiracy that the guy who works there and the guy who runs things. Being a giant Eagles fan, like I'd rather. This, that's what I would like to believe, but yeah. This was. Did you see the the Reddit thread on Jaron on Jer- Jackson the other day? I've I've not once in my life ever been on Reddit. Okay, so there. Was, speaking of conspiracy theories, it lasted a whole three hours, but a random redditor created a thread or created a, a post about Jaron Jackson Jr.'s steal and block numbers being inflated at home. I did see. I did. Yes, it I, was debunked immediately, but it it was sounded it was just one strand away from like so easily believable. Cool, but they are it caught fire. The they're it's a pretty egregious split,
1: though, is it not? It just,
2: is, and it, they went through and they tracked it. It's just he just plays better at home. Okay,
1: I mean everybody does, but yeah, but his, yeah. his
2: just happened to be. He, and I think the the bigger part of it is because he missed a bunch of time to start the season. Uh-huh. I think he just played more games at home. Gotcha. So the volatility is there in some road games. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you tend to get a better whistle at home, and his biggest issue is foul trouble. right? So if you get a better whistle at home, you're on the floor longer, more opportunities. Da, da. But it, I, I say all of this because it went nuts. It had like 40,000 upvotes on Reddit. Mm-hmm. It got so egregious and grew so much attention that the senior uh, vice president of communications for the NBA had to craft a press release <laughs> for a post on Reddit. <laughs> I seen that? Well, so when I see conspiracy theories like the guy that running the lighting at the Empire State Building and social media is actually a secret Eagles fan and he did this solely to troll the Giants who lost to the Eagles last week, <laughs> that is my that is my lane. <laughs> I, oh man! So I say all of this to say that the worst day on the web uh, goes to over the weekend the Empire State Building, whether or not it was a planned social media event, or in fact the tinfoil was tightened and fly, eagles, fly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> fly, eagles, fly.
2: <laughs> Man. Just truly the dumbest thing. Oh, by the way,
1: also, uh, Jaron Jackson's home road splits. Uh, 17 games at home, 17 games on the road.
2: Oh, there you go. He's caught up now. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean,
1: but you know, it's it's double the blocks at home. Mm-hmm. I mean, double
2: the steals at home. I, mean, I I don't know. But they went through and they tra- they, tra- they 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 the, for for reference, the NBA tracks every single stat mm-hmm. with video evidence. Uh, every single one is reviewed. Yeah, and you can go through and review all of them for yourself. You can click on each individually and see them. Somebody did that, uh, Kevin O'Connor. Somebody oh. Oh, he's got time on his hands, doesn't yes. he? Yes, yeah. that I means it's what he does. <laughs> um But he went through and literally charted all of them, and I think all but one came back conclusive that he got it. All right. So it just yeah. happens. Yeah. It's, just, it's just a weird irregularity. Um The best part about this, not only that part of the conspiracy, but most folks tend to believe that it was either a player or an agent that planted it.
1: Okay, I mean... That would kind of make sense, right? It would
2: not be the first time. Yeah. And for those that are out there, like that couldn't happen. <laughs> 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 yes, it could. <laughs> yes, it could. Uh, boy, if, uh, if walls could talk, uh, <laughs> I have seen some things. Uh, speaking of seeing some things, uh, we would need to circle back to Chiefs Bengals, the final play before uh, what ended up being the game-winning kick, and what transpired following. Uh, Joseph Osai's uh, ill-begotten penalty. Uh, we'll dive into that into some really unique and rare video uh, post game from the the Bengals locker room. Uh, this is Danny Moran in for, uh, well, not in for anybody, just, you know, no dusting. In for yourself. I'm in for myself I'm in a different chair. It's super weird sitting over here. You know you can't still sit in the. other I know, chair, but I locked. feel like it's easier for me to like, <laughs> like like stare directly at you because of the the, the angle here. I know, I, I like...
1: understand. People love gazing longingly into my eyes. It,
2: this this has kind of become the number one chair too. This is the, this is yeah. kind of like the host the chair. quarterback chair. It is. I mean, it's, uh, so I think yeah, Sprague sits here and yep. so does Isaac. So yep. that's that that makes sense. <laughs> you know, it feels weird being over here because I'm. Who does number two work for? Uh, number <laughs> Grab two, a hold of that thing. We'll get through this together. <laughs> number two works for Odyssey, which is where we're going to go to go pay our bills. This is Danny and uh, on Danny and Dusty.
0: Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven.
1: Wait,
2: is it getting warm in here?
0: Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, the fan.
2: Oh, I don't know about you. Relaxing to little cowboys from hell. <laughs> it's what really puts me in the mood. And people like, do you really listen to this? As a texture puts in, uh, Danny listens to the good stuff. What's your favorite band? Yeah. My favorite band mm-hmm. is probably Led Zeppelin, because that's what I grew up on. Okay. Um, of the the metalcore era, it's Killswitch Engage, uh, then probably Seven Dust. I've seen both those bands in concert at least ten times apiece. I think I've seen Seven Dust like thirteen times. Oh wow! They're they're the best live show I've ever seen.
1: Man,
2: you ever seen you ever go to a concert and they're they're even better live than they are on an album. I I. Back in my day, and my my taste
1: since then has changed in, t- in terms of this band, but I saw, I think the band I've seen the most is Dave Matthews. Oh, great show. In concert. They put on a great I've show. Seen them I've seen twice. I've kind of, you know, my, my listenership to them and and in It terms certainly of, waned. Yes. Definitely. Yeah,
2: I think as you get older, you get away from trumpets a little bit more. <laughs> I think that's how that works. <laughs> Unless it's jazz. I got nothing against the fiddle. Uh,
1: but uh, yeah, they, they put on a great show. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. I saw
2: them at a festival in- Minnesota, mm-hmm. when I was stationed in North Dakota. And I think I saw them at the Gorge? That's where I've seen... Uh, yeah, I yeah, saw them at the it Gorge. A,
1: uh, God, I've seen so many shows at the Gorge. Uh, I saw it was the Horde Festival in 1996, I want to say. Yeah, it was Dave Matthews, Blues Traveler, uh, Lenny Kravitz, and Rusted Root.
2: My God, that's the most 1996, 97 ass concert I've ever heard. Right. My goodness.
1: <laughs> but it was a killer show. Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, I, I, it started me? out with Rusted Root and then Kravitz and then uh and then Blues Traveler. Dave Matthews came on. Oh. And uh Blues Traveler came out and did the uh John Popper came out and did the encore with um uh Dave Matthews. With, with D M B. And then Blues Traveler was, was they were the, the the last band and then DMB came or Dave Matthews came out and did the encore with Blues Traveler to to end the evening. Okay. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Um there may not have may or may not have been illicit substances that were involved. <laughs> in, Look, if in, it was at the gorge <laughs> or the horde, something like the Horn Pheasant, <laughs> yeah, odds are well, let's
1: face it. You know, some of those aren't as illicit these days as they used to be. No,
2: and, and I, was, I will say a lot of those concerts up there. I think I've been to the Gorge about a half dozen times. Yeah, and every single one of those shows has been, um, well, it's been great, Bob. Yeah,
0: it's been right? great.
2: Absolutely. Uh, Foo Fighters and um, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Ooh, that'd be a good one at the Gorge. Absolutely. Sixteenth birthday. Oh man. Uh huh.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Let me tell you something. the cell job I had on that one from my parents <laughs> right. they knew what was happening. They Let's were see. my parents were not the clueless type. Yeah. But they their 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 reasoning and or justification was okay. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. I think what my sixteenth birthday
1: I actually hit a show too. uh far different from that, but it was at the Roseland. It was Arrested Development.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. That was okay. a good show. And that was before the floor caved in. No, that was ballroom. Yes, ballroom, ballroom was with yeah. the floor caved in. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the the many local establishments where places have blown up. But yeah, favorite band. What about you? Which, which, who's your favorite band of all time? Uh, well, not necessarily
1: band, but musical act. I'm a yeah. Billy. I'm a Billy Joel guy. Okay. Yeah, just he was he was my first favorite, and just has always stuck through. My wife finally got me tickets to his show a few years ago. Uh, I'd never seen him live before, and so that was fun. But yeah, Billy okay. Billy Joel is my all timer You snagging these Springsteen tickets? No, I didn't. Well, I didn't even know there were any available, but... I, I think there were some yeah. available. Springsteen's, you know, Springsteen's cool. If yeah. I, I, I'm, if somebody gave me tickets, sure, I'd go. I'm not going to go, like, you know, standing in line for hours to buy some Springsteen's tickets See, I would have figured but... that would have been your lane. Yeah, he's, you know, he's he's all right. Just the boss? Yeah, he's the boss. There's nothing wrong with him. It's just not, you know, not my thing. I, I figured that was exactly
2: your thing. Yeah. Well, yacht rock adjacent in the piano <laughs> what well, what well, yeah. what what is it about him that, that that is not your lane uh
1: well it's not it's just it's it's
2: like I said there's nothing wrong with springsteen it's just it but wasn't nothing right
1: either, yeah, you know it's one of those it, whenever the christmas season comes around the, the the and we start to hear hearing all the songs it's just
0: Merry Christmas baby
2: <laughs> you're not yeah. wrong yeah's <laughs> been <laughs> <laughs> a lot of money doing it though um Speaking of making a lot of money. NFL players make a lot of money. Yeah. A lot of money. And that's you know what really sucks? Especially quarterbacks mm-hmm. these days. You know what really sucks? When your entire season, your entire existence in a professional sport is boiled down to one play in three seconds. Yeah. And that's what appears uh is going through Joseph Asai's head. As the Cincinnati Bengals. Are left hopeless and hapless after a 15-yard penalty puts the Kansas City Chiefs uh, well within range for a field goal attempt that will ultimately win them the game. The ensuing meltdown and reactions that came out of that were expected. What wasn't expected was what came out of Cincinnati Bengals locker room, and we'll dive into that and uh, a a rather long audio bite, but I think it's something you guys are definitely going to want to check out uh, when we get back after this break. This is Danny in on Danny and Dusty.